Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled Ordinances of the Priesthood. It will be focused on a study of Exodus chapter 29. Before going any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, it's amazing to be learning about the types that you were showing in the Old Testament, which, Lord, were fulfilled in the New Testament. And Father, speak to us today and help us to know of your truths. And may this word come alive in our hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Exodus chapter 29. Chapter 29 And this is the thing that thou shalt do unto them, to hallow them, to minister unto me in the priest's office. Take one young bullock, and two rams without blemish, and unleavened bread, and cakes unleavened tempered with oil, and wafers unleavened anointed with oil. Of wheaten flour shalt thou make them. And thou shalt put them into one basket, and bring them in the basket with the bullock and the two rams. And Aaron and his sons thou shalt bring unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and shalt wash them with water. And thou shalt take the garments, and put upon Aaron the coat, and the robe of the ephod, and the ephod, and the breastplate, and gird him with the curious girdle of the ephod. And thou shalt put the mitre upon his head, and put the holy crown upon the mitre. Then shalt thou take the anointing oil, and pour it upon his head, and anoint him. And thou shalt bring his sons, and put coats upon them. And thou shalt gird them with girdles, Aaron and his sons, and put the bonnets on them. And the priest's office shall be theirs for a perpetual statute. And thou shalt consecrate Aaron and his sons. And thou shalt cause a bullet to be brought before the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of the bullock. And thou shalt kill the bullock before the Lord, by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And thou shalt take of the blood of the bullock, and put it upon the horns of the altar with thy finger, and pour all the blood beside the bottom of the altar. And thou shalt take all the fat that covereth the inwards, and the caul that is above the liver, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is upon them, and burn them upon the altar. But the flesh of the bullock, and his skin, and his dung, shalt thou burn with fire without the camp. It is a sin offering. Thou shalt also take one ram, and Aaron and his son shall put their hands upon the head of the ram, and thou shalt slay the ram. And thou shalt take his blood, and sprinkle it round about upon the altar. And thou shalt cut the ram in pieces, and wash the inwards of him, and his legs, and put them unto his pieces, and unto his head. And thou shalt burn the whole ram upon the altar. It is a burnt offering unto the Lord. It is a sweet savor, an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And thou shalt take the other ram. And Aaron and his son shall put their hands upon the head of the ram. Then shalt thou kill the ram, and take of his blood, and put it upon the tip of the right ear of Aaron, and upon the tip of the right ear of his sons, and upon the thumb of their right hand, and upon the great toe of their right foot, and sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about. And thou shalt take of the blood that is upon the altar, and of the anointing oil, and sprinkle it upon Aaron, and upon his garments, and upon his sons, and upon the garments of his sons with him. 
and he shall be hallowed, and his garments and his sons, and his sons' garments with him. Also thou shalt take of the ram the fat and the rump, and the fat that covereth the inwards, and the caul above the liver, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is upon them, and the right shoulder. For it is a ram of consecration, and one loaf of bread, and one cake of oil bread, and one wafer out of the basket of the unleavened bread that is before the Lord. And thou shalt put all in the hands of Aaron, and in the hands of his sons, and shalt wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. And thou shalt receive them of their hands, and burn them upon the altar for a burnt offering, for a sweet savor before the Lord. It is an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And thou shalt take the breast of the ram of Aaron's consecration, and wave it for a wave offering before the Lord, and it shall be thy part. And thou shalt sanctify the breast of the wave offering, and the shoulder of the heave offering, which is waved, and which is heaved up, of the ram of the consecration, even of that which is for Aaron, and of that which is for his sons. And it shall be Aaron's and his sons by a statute forever from the children of Israel. For it is an heave offering, and it shall be an heave offering from the children of Israel of the sacrifice of their peace offerings, even their heave offering unto the Lord. And the holy garments of Aaron shall be his sons after him, to be anointed therein, and to be consecrated in them. And that son that is priest in his stead shall put them on seven days, when he cometh into the tabernacle of the congregation to minister in the holy place. And thou shalt take the ram of the consecration, and seethe his flesh in the holy place. And Aaron and his son shall eat the flesh of the ram, and the bread that is in the basket by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And they shall eat those things wherewith the atonement was made, to consecrate and to sanctify them. But a stranger shall not eat thereof, because they are holy. And if aught of the flesh of the consecrations, or of the bread remain unto the morning, then thou shalt burn the remainder with fire. It shall not be eaten, because it is holy. And thus shalt thou do unto Aaron, and to his sons, according to all things which I have commanded thee. Seven days shalt thou consecrate them, and thou shalt offer every day a bullock for a sin offering for atonement. And thou shalt cleanse the altar, when thou hast made an atonement for it. And thou shalt anoint it, to sanctify it. Seven days thou shalt make an atonement for the altar, and sanctify it, and it shall be an altar most holy. Whatsoever toucheth the altar shall be holy. Now this is that which thou shalt offer upon the altar, two lambs of the first year, day by day continually. The one lamb thou shalt offer in the morning, and the other lamb thou shalt offer at even. And with the one lamb a tenth deal of flour mingled with the fourth part of an hen of beaten oil, and the fourth part of an hen of wine for a drink offering. And the other lamb thou shalt offer at even, and shalt do thereto according to the meat offering of the morning, and according to the drink offering thereof, for a sweet savor, an offering made by fire unto the Lord. This shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, where I will meet you, to speak there unto thee. And there I will meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. And I will sanctify the tabernacle of the congregation, and the altar. I will sanctify also both Aaron and his sons, to minister to me in the priest's office. And I will dwell among the children of Israel, and will be their God.
and they shall know that I am the Lord their God, that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon preached by Reverend William Branham titled, It Becometh Us to Fulfill All Righteousness. This was preached in 1961 on October the 1st in the morning. We'll begin at paragraph 87 up to paragraph 98. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Oftentimes I have wondered why that that Jesus of Nazareth, and many times it's been asked me, why would a man like Jesus have to be baptized? Why would this person be baptized as an act of repentance and of confession when he was a holy, spotless, unadulterated son of the living God? Why would this person have to be baptized like a man coming? Baptism is after confession. He had no confessions to make because he was God. And he, why would he have to be baptized like he had unto repentance? Because he needed no repentance. For he was the infallible God. He was in the world and the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. Why would he have to be baptized? And did you notice the phrase before that said, Thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, it must be fulfilled all the word that God has spoken. It must be fulfilled. God cannot say anything without having it fulfilled. When he has spoken it, it is a finished work. It's already finished when God speaks it. God never speaks un, until he's ready for it to be. And when he speaks, it's just as well as already happened. Now, if that wouldn't give us a basis to put our faith on this morning. When God speaks the word, it's already finished. What about his promises that he's given to us? Everything that he has said, it's already a finished work. So therefore, when we receive his word into our heart, it's, a, it's already done. It's completed. And why would he then, it doesn't answer the question, be baptized? Many have said, well, he was baptized because he was our example. That is true to a certain estate, certain place that is true. But it isn't all the truth. The truth of it was that he was the antitype. He was the high priest. And before the high priest could be anointed, he had to be washed. I want to read some scripture for you just a moment. Over in the book of uh, Exodus. And um, I think it's the 29th verse I have wrote. Uh, 29th chapter, rather. And uh, I want to begin here at the fourth verse of the 29th chapter. And Aaron and his sons 
Thou shalt bring unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and shalt wash them with water. Thou shalt take Thou shalt take the garments and put upon Aaron and the coat and the robe and the ephob and the ephob and the breastplate and the gird him with the curious girdle of the ephob and thou shalt put the merit upon his head and upon the holy upon the crown upon the merit and thou shalt take the anointing oil and Pour it upon the head and anoint him. See, Aaron, the high priest, before he could ever be anointed, he had to be washed with water. Therefore, when Jesus, before he could be anointed our high priest, he was washed with water. And then not anointing oil poured up on him, to anoint him like Aaron was, anointed with oil, he was anointed with the Holy Ghost. For John bare record, seeing the Spirit of God descending like a dove and going upon him in a voice saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am pleased to dwell in. So the Bible said that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost, went about doing good things, see. He was anointed, and before he was anointed, he had to fulfill all righteousness. He had to be washed with water before the anointing come up on him. And it's a very beautiful type of us today as priests unto God. We must be first baptized, confess our sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, washing away our sins, and then you shall receive the anointing, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Wash first and then anointed for the service. No minister should enter the pulpit without first being baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ, because His only remission of sins is only in Jesus Christ's name. On another name under heaven given among man, Repentance and remission of sin Amen. must be taught in His name, Amen. beginning at Jerusalem. That's where the Holy Ghost fell and anointed first. So a minister or any believer must first be washed from his sins in the name of Jesus Christ and then anointed with the Holy Ghost to bring forth a testimony for God. Hallelujah. And Christ was God's testimony because God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Now he said, suffer this to be so, John. That is right. In other words, John, you are a mighty man. You are a great, mighty prophet. And your revelation of me is exactly the truth. You know who I am. You know, because your ministry didn't come from man. Your ministry came from God. You never learned it of man. You wasn't taught this in a seminary. But at the age of nine years old, you went into the wilderness because you were born to odd, peculiar child. And from your very birth, God began to deal with you. And even before your birth, the prophets saw you. And you are a light of this day. 
And in the wilderness, you know who I am because God in the wilderness told you there'd be a sign following me and you've already bore witness of it and you know it. And we know who each other are. We know each other. And it, it is true that you need to be baptized to me, but let's suffer that to be so. For John, if we are the lights of this day, we must fulfill all righteousness. All God's word must be fulfilled by us for this day. For it is becoming to us, behooving. It's becoming, it's like us. For if we are the true witnesses of God today, John, we are the lights of this age. And if we are the lights of this age, there's so much scripture that's got to be fulfilled during this age, and it's up to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's up to us to see that all God's righteousness is fulfilled. And what is His righteousness? His Word. In other words, John, you know who I am. I am the high priest. That's true, John. And I have need to be baptized of thee, but we've got to fulfill all righteousness, and I have need to be baptized of thee now to fulfill the Word of God. Because all the Word's got to be fulfilled. And we are the lights of the day. And it's up to us to fulfill all this. And I know that your righteousness and your uh, desire is to fulfill the Word. It will be coming to us. We are the lights. The light of every age should do the same thing. We know what's to be fulfilled. You are spiritual and know the Word of God. You see what God has promised. Now, the Word will not come just easy, but it comes for observation. You've got to pressure way into do it. Amen. But yet... It behooveth us, it is becoming to us to fulfill all God's righteousness. We must do it. And now Jesus did recognize in John that John was a true prophet. The Word had spoke of John. And he knew that he was absolutely the prophet of the hour. And John knew that Jesus was the Messiah of the hour. And they both clearly had an understanding. Oh, if the church of the living God could only get that into their heads this morning in their hearts. That the church would not be separated by denominational barriers. That differences in creeds and colors and so forth. That we might come together in the name of the Lord Jesus not having anything to bear us away from the true word of the living God and walk straight down that line of Scripture to fulfill all God's righteousness of today. Or anyone knows that we're living in the evening lights. The prophet said, It shall be light in the evening time. And so we know that we're living in that hour. The hour of the evening lights. So the Lord God help us to realize that. 
As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mighty word. May you take root in our hearts and bring forth waters everlasting unto eternal life. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
Never failed me yet Every promise Oh my Jesus has kept And I cannot 